Live from WNUR News, I'm Zach McCrary. You're listening to 6 O'Clock News on WNUR 89.3 FM HD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's Wednesday, January 26, 2022. Tonight on WNUR News, Eco and the Flamingo, Evanston's newest zero-waste general store, Marvel Magic in 2021, and Bread, banana, the banana kind that is. Those stories and more coming up tonight. Thanks for tuning in to WNUR on this chilly Wednesday evening. Tonight's top story, a new zero-waste store opened in Evanston Friday called Eco and the Flamingo. Justine Fisher spoke with one of the owners and other environmental groups to talk about the impact of reducing a person's waste. Happy Veganuary! The city of Evanston is celebrating this month with the opening of a new zero-waste store, Eco and the Flamingo. The co-founders and owners, Jackie McCarty and Bethany Barbuti, opened their first store in Chicago in May of 2020. Then, with the encouragement of city officials, they had a grand opening and ribbon-cutting for their Evanston branch this past Friday. Bethany Barbuti, co-founder, co-owner, and head of business development and administration for Eco and the Flamingo, explains what a zero-waste store is. I mean, the main um, difference between us and like a regular grocery store is that our products are refillable, the, the majority of them. Um, so all of your uh, like kind of dry goods, staple goods, um, like food-wise are all refillable, so you can bring in your own containers. She went on to describe all the items they have, including oils and vinegars, cleaning supplies, shampoo and conditioner bars, health and beauty items, coffee, tea, and raw materials. And then about how she and her partner were inspired to start their business. I was traveling a lot at the time in, in Europe and, and the Middle East and saw a lot of, like, in Europe, a lot of zero-waste stores, and then in the Middle East, a lot of, like, bulk food purchasing and things like that. So um, when I saw, when I kind of, like was seeing that and then I saw the actual like zero waste model in Europe I was like oh my gosh why doesn't Chicago have one of these and we were talking about it and we really both wished that there was something like that in Chicago. Seeing the success of their first Lincoln Square store Evanston officials reached out to encourage them to expand their impact in Evanston. I've tried to estimate but it's something around a thousand to fifteen hundred containers that are not being put in the landfill per month at our store. Which is, I mean, not like, I mean, it's a drop in the bucket, but it's still, I mean, for our community is a pretty significant amount. And that's just with the one store. So as things ramp up in Evanston, then it'll be, you know, hopefully double that number. Julie Kaline, the Associate Director for Sustainability at Northwestern, describes within their Strategic Sustainability Plan, a section that looks at the university's impact on waste and resource conservation. So we do look at procurement initiatives within the university um, and work with the university's procurement department, um, as well as other vendors on campus to try to reduce waste uh, when it comes to packaging or um, um, how we buy things for the university at, a, at an institutional level. She applies the same idea to the student or staff perspective when shopping for yourself. In a store like Echo and the Flamingo, really is a great opportunity for folks to start to look at um, how much waste they generate and um, a really easy way to start to shop in a way that generates a lot less waste. Weinberg freshman Eduardo Andrade wasn't familiar with zero waste stores, but could be interested in checking this one out. 
I think like zero waste is kind of like an ideal people strive for, but the idea is to just minimize the amount of waste that you use. So like avoiding using like plastic bottles, that kind of stuff. And then just use as many reusable like resources as you can. Barbara Cooper, co-founder of Organizing for Plastic Alternatives, OPA, works to reduce plastics on both the local and legislative scale. I think it's important to know that only about 9% of plastics ever produced has ever been recycled. This is horrifying. And uh, I think that we are under the delusion that has been created by the plastics industry that plastics are truly recyclable when, if anything, they have become less and less recyclable because there are so many kinds of plastics out there. OPA's involvement with Eco and the Flamingo began after they put out a survey, finding that 80% of people were dissatisfied with the amount of plastic used at most grocery stores. After we got the survey that people were dissatisfied, we then asked uh, for volunteers to go around to different uh, grocery stores and uh, rate them on their use of bulk items, sustainable packaging, and things like that. And uh, actually, Eco and Flamingo was the only place that came out with an A score. (laughs) Cooper emphasizes the importance of voting with your dollars. Know that when you're spending your money there, you are supporting people who are truly concerned about the environment and are actually doing something about it as opposed to the greenwashing that we're getting from all these companies that uh, continue to produce packaging that is really not sustainable in any sense. Bethany emphasizes the importance of growing their business with core values in mind. We never want to have growth that that requires us to do anything ever against like our initial starting values so growth but only as fast as we can keep it ethical sustainable fair in arts and entertainment this year was a marvelous year for marvel after the blockbuster that was avengers endgame and the end of the third phase of the marvel cinematic universe 2021 saw a renaissance of some of the canon's most beloved characters and some new ones to boot. Here's Jung and Jennifer Kim. unforgettable year for Marvel fans with the big release of four movies, Shang-Chi, Black Widow, Eternals, and Venom, Let There Be Carnage. The two recent movies, specifically Eternals and Venom, marked a possible downslope in Marvel's fan base. Or is it possible that the audience simply expected too much of the company after the endgame phenomenon? But the people of this planet brought everyone back with a snap of a finger. The sudden return of the population. After the devastating end of the superhero series on Earth, Marvel introduced ancient superheroes, nicknamed the Second Avengers and officially called the Eternals. 
with A-list stars including Angelina Jolie, Gemma Chan, and even a special appearance of Harry Styles in the post-credits scene, the film gained much interest even before the premiere. However, the reactions after the release were not the best. Eternals received a rating of 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Additionally, only 48% of reviews were positive on Rotten Tomatoes, the lowest rating of all Marvel movies so far. Throughout the years, we have never interfered. Until... The audience opinion on the new superhero movie appears to be quite divided. Critic Noah Berlatsky from NBC News Think said, quote, The MCU formula has been recycled so often that sitting through these movies starts to feel eternal. In addition, anonymous commenter by the name Chris added that while it would be, quote, an average superhero movie if you shut off your brain and eat popcorn, an analysis would make you realize that there are very large plot holes. Rolling Stone added to the discussion by releasing an article titled, The Hot Gods of Eternals Will Bore You to Death with Their Feelings. Although some are quick to judge the movie on their first watch, top critics seem to find potential even within the low ratings. Michael Blackman from BuzzFeed News said while the movie is, quote, far from perfect, it pushes the MCU into promising new territory. He believes the film was an experiment, an effort to escape the repetition of a standard Marvel movie. Welcome back, Eddie Brock. It's been a long time. Miss you so much. But Eternals was not the only disappointment to the public in 2021, receiving an even lower rating of 6 out of 10 on IMDb and 58% on Rotten Tomatoes' Tomato Meter, Venom, Let There Be Carnage did not do the best in reviews either. Unlike the Eternals, which received criticism for the unnecessarily long screening time, the second Venom movie was thought to be too short by the audience. Top critic Sarah Jane from the Austin Chronicle said the film was not a great movie, but, quote, it doesn't matter because it's just big, dumb, romantic fun. Another top critic, Kevin Marr from Times, simplified his thoughts into two words, extraordinarily poor, giving it a 1 out of 5. Marvel fans, on the other hand, seem to be quite pleased by the outcome. Many have been tweeting fan arts of the superhero, describing the movie as amazing or even lovely. A user with the ID V called it an oddly comforting movie. You botched that spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man. We started getting some visitors. Even more, the latest Marvel movie of 2021 brought greater excitement to the scene. Spider-Man No Way Home spiked ticket sales to $1.69 billion, the sixth highest grossing movie in history at the worldwide box office, according to Variety. While both Eternals and Spider-Man last for two and a half hours, the former may be the worst and the latter the best. As a Marvel fan myself, Eternals was filmed more like a DC movie than a Marvel one. The cast may have been the real Avengers with the best actors, but possibly not the perfect fit for each character. The acting was a bit lacking.
In comparison, Spider-Man lived up to my expectations, though the plot was not the best. The story was nothing more than an immature boy messing up not once, but several times, and trying to make up for his mistakes instead of resolving real-world problems. I'm sorry, kid. Yeah, me too. Don't. But it is true that the plots could seem childish, because we aren't the young, innocent children anymore. We must ponder whether the quality of these movies truly dropped or whether we just grew in age. Nevertheless, the post-credit scenes have the public excited once again. I'll leave you with the question, what were your opinions on the Marvel movies of 2021? Are you looking forward to the new releases in 2022? This was Jung and Jennifer Kim signing off from WNUR News. And tonight in Oddities, banana bread has had its moment in quarantine kitchens. But why do overripe bananas continue to make our mouths water? Here's Sarah Cadora with an ode to the luscious loaf. British Vogue declared 2020 the banana bread renaissance of the coronavirus pandemic. As our bananas went spotty after days in quarantine, so did our sanity. And out of the madness came loaves and loaves of dense deliciousness. Ari Sloss is a third year physics and math major. Have you ever made banana bread? A million times, yeah. Really? Is I didn't it- realize it was a, a trend during the pandemic, but I just did it myself because I like banana bread and I always had bananas lying around at the end of the week. So I ended up making like a loaf a week for a good six months. Would you say that you perfected how you like your banana bread? I don't know about perfected because it could probably always be made better, but there's a, a recipe in the Better Homes and Gardens cookbook that my mom always used that I used too, and I've, I've changed it to be better in my opinion. I too did my fair share of baking in 2020, and in 2021, and twice so far in 2022. With every new loaf, the comfort food comes closer to my heart. So imagine the bitterness, offense, resentment I felt toward an October 2021 headline from Nextstar MediaWire. Banana bread is so last year. Here's what we're starting to bake instead. Well, Nextstar, keep your peach cobbler, apple crumble, and monkey bread out of my kitchen. The magic of turning a brown banana into a top-tier treat is why it's endured generations. According to the King Arthur Baking Company, banana bread became popular in the early years of the Great Depression. Precious bananas were ripe for the baking once they went brown, and chemical leaveners like baking powder were newly mass-produced. The recent rise of the luscious loaf surely wouldn't have been possible without the internet. A search for banana bread on allrecipes.com produced 6,816 results, including maple banana bread, paleo banana bread, mango banana bread, bangin' banana bread, boozy banana bread, mommy's banana bread, 
Mother's Banana Bread, Grandma's Banana Bread, Best Ever Banana Bread, Low Fat Banana Bread, Lower Fat Banana Bread, Almost No Fat Banana Bread, and perhaps the internet's favorite. With five stars and 10,033 reviews, Janet's Rich Banana Bread. Thanks, Janet. The adaptability of the dish is undoubtedly a favorite feature. Nixie Straza, editorial director for Northwestern's Spoon University magazine, told me how she makes banana bread work for her. I've been vegan for about six years. I've been vegetarian since I was born. I actually happen to love banana bread. So pretty common, especially for something that's fruit-based, um, like a banana bread, obviously the main flavor profile is fruit. For an egg replacer, I would use applesauce, um, which is super cheap and a really great substitute. So I use that, I use coconut oil or earth balance for butter replacements. The banana is actually a really great, banana is also used as an egg in a lot of vegan baked goods. So it's actually like works out perfectly. So it's actually a really easy thing to make vegan. But wait. I think it's more of a cake. I mean, it has the consistency more of like a lemon pound cake than it does a sourdough. Is banana bread a bread? Yes. So I'm not like totally set on the culinary specifics, but I think it's something that has like less sugar in it than a cake and it's not quite as rich as a cake. And it's something that you can like, make a little more savory by adding spices to it, which is what I like to do. For what it's worth, here's my favorite banana. Might not be a bread recipe. Lauren Allen's Our Favorite Banana Bread on tastesbetterfromscratch.com. I add a cup and a half of chocolate chips when I have them, but the crispy crust and immaculate insides stand alone delectably. On this particular Wednesday night, the three overripe bananas in my kitchen live to see another day, but only because I was producing a radio story in their honor. For WNUR News, I'm Sarah Cadora. And let me tell you, my mama makes a mean banana bread. It's got carrots, nuts, chocolate. Hi, Mom. Anyways, in the headlines today, Evanston City Council will restart its search for a new city manager after its top candidate left for another town. Daniel Ramos, currently the deputy city administrator of Baltimore, Maryland, was the council's preferred choice after a nationwide search and a public town hall. A new recruitment firm will head a new national search in the coming weeks. Former Feinberg School of Medicine professor Wyndham Latham was sentenced to 53 years in prison for the murder of his boyfriend, 26-year-old hairstylist Trenton Cornell Duranlow. Latham, 47, was found guilty of first-degree murder. Northwestern fired him in 2017 after he left Chicago following the murder. Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown announced a man and a 16-year-old boy have been charged with the murder of 8-year-old Melissa Ortega, who was shot in the head in Little Village last weekend. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer is set to retire at the end of the, Supreme, the current Supreme Court term, according to people close to Breyer. Breyer is one of the court's three liberal justices. He was appointed during Bill Clinton's term, serving as an associate judge since 1994. President Joe Biden is expected to, to nominate a black woman as his first pick, per the New York Times. And on Wall Street, stocks continue to fall. The Dow Jones dropped 130 points to 34,168. NASDAQ gained three points up to 13,542.
and now here's a look at the weather for tonight. If you didn't notice, it was a little cold out today. Temps were as low as minus 7 this morning. The wind chill didn't help that at all. It felt more like minus 17 in some areas. But hey, it did hit 16 today, so not all that bad. But believe it or not, it will warm up later tonight, up to the high teens tonight, continuing to rise up to 30 tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow night, a low of 12 and a high of 20 with partly cloudy skies on Thursday. Small craft advisory is in effect till noon Thursday, so be aware, you small craft operators out there. And that's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other stories of the day on our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. You can also find us on our new website, WNUR.news. Our producer today is Madison Bradley, and our reporters are Justine Fisher, John and Jennifer Kim, and Sarah Tadora. From all of us here at WNUR News, I'm Zach McCrary. Thanks for listening. Catch our next news break this Friday, January 28th at 6 p.m. Now back to scheduled programming. Good night.